All right, welcome back to another episode of the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. We are we are finishing our our run of these X Men prequel movies, and I gotta say, I bitched about them quite a lot, but I've enjoyed going through this and just talking about it with you guys. It's been a fun ride. Um, this is the last one, Seth. Dark Phoenix. Any any quick thoughts on this one before we go into the, the real details? I hate it. It's awful. It's terrible. I will never watch a Simon Kinberg or Jennifer Lawrence movie again. <laughs> Simon Kinberg, but he wrote Days of Future Past. So it, it's... Can't, his direction sucks. Stay in the writers and producing room. I like his production stuff. Like I've liked his work, just not yeah. as a director. All right, not a fan. Jared, how about you, man? Where are you at with this movie? Um, so I'm largely it's just gonna get into my notes, so I'll just say something quick. I'm not a fan. Not and a fan. Me. Okay. And we me. are two for two. <laughs> You're just yeah. I'm sorry. I mean Jared, go ahead. No, I'm just just not a fan. I don't want to wait. My, I think it. you made up an interesting point here because the movie, I didn't hate as much as I thought I was going to do, but there are direct, definitely a director issues that I see with it. So maybe you have something that brought to light that I was thinking what what's with the issues with this movie. But I don't know. I I put it at the same level that I when I saw um, uh, Apocalypse, but I was was I was pretty hard on Apocalypse, so. I, I will say this didn't movie hate as much as I thought it was. <laughs> this movie ended quicker than Apocalypse, so I enjoy it for that. You know, like I don't know, Apocalypse took forever, and I was like, "Oh my god, we're doing this again!" All right, so okay, so let's just. This is not a great movie, but uh, I feel like the discussion is going to be fun talking about kind of like the negative aspects of it, like what went wrong, like what went wrong with this movie. Seth, I know you got some notes, man. What what's something that really kind of stood out to you that was like man this did not work so for me and, and i'll get to my pot when we get to the positive section i will have a little bit of a walk back on what i'm about to say but it was a large part was the writing because there's so many lines of dialogue that were just cringy and didn't make sense and it was like have have we not been paying attention to anything that was set up for this movie did you not or did you not pay attention to the scene that just happened that your character was just in? Uh, for example, the we should name this, not call them X-Men, but call them X-Women. I'm like, first of all, you were the character that named them. You called them <laughs> X-Men. Secondly, you literally just watched Quicksilver and Nightcrawler save these people. And you're saying that only the women are doing work. And I'm like, I, I don't, that doesn't even make sense. It just didn't make any plausible sense. And I, I, I'll slightly defend that. I just I saw her just more pissed off, and you know when people sometimes get bad, they just start saying things that annoy them a bit. And I I I had more of a feeling of that than like that's deep down how she felt. In the comics, though, I kind of agree with her. Like the women in the X Men comics are are usually the best. You know, like there's the X Men women on the team at least. I I feel like are superior to the men in a lot of ways, and. It works in the comics, but you're right. In this movie, it didn't really fit the context well. Jared, you got any, any, any? What I know you do actually. I'm not going to ask you if you have any. What is a negative thing you want to get off your chest about this movie? I mean, honestly, it just 
comes to, and we had a discussion over um, the group chat, so I'll go ahead and prompt it. So, Seth, um, you can go ahead and go into it after my initial statement. So, the actors, so my biggest gripe, if the actors don't want to be there, why the fuck should I care? And it's like every movie we've seen, like we know, um, hey, Michael Fassbender is a like thespian and an actor, and those are two different things. Um, a thespian can be an actor, actor can be a thespian, but they're not mutually exclusive. And so he's good at both. James McAvoy, again, fantastic actor. So you have one of the greatest actors of all time in Sam, well, popular actors of all time, Samuel L. Jackson, sorry, um, popular of all time. So in the movie Split that they did together, um, James, uh, sorry, Samuel L. Jackson was, is on the record saying, I have no fucking clue how one guy is able to go from multiple personalities, eight different personalities in the same scene. And this is, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's been like in hundreds of movies is saying that. But they want to watch this movie with James McElvoy. It's like he's mailing it in. And every yeah. actor in this movie is mailing it in. They don't want to be there. Why the fuck am I watching this movie? Why do I care? It's a waste of my time. And Seth brought up another point about it yesterday, which did open my eyes, as Jordan alluded to earlier. Seth? So, no, hold on. So, Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I agree with you about one actor or actress in particular, which is Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, I wish no ill upon her in real life of any kind or career otherwise. But I just will not be partaking in her future movies in any capacity whatsoever because she annoyed me so much because she talked about how much she didn't want to do this movie. But then she agreed to do the movie. And then she just was like, eh, I don't really care. And completely, I do believe she phoned it in. I do think Fassbender, McAvoy, and the others, I think that they would, they like the roles that they, that they enjoy these things. And to be fair to them and give them credit to Jennifer Lawrence here, they also don't have to get painted blue and wear a bunch of prosthetics. So I understand. Massive difference experience between the two of them. But they're really, really good, even when they're given not great material. I mean, like, Michael Fassbender in the movies uh, The Snowman, which is the worst adaptation probably of a book that I love. Uh, no, never mind. Never mind. The Shining exists. Uh, the second worst adaptation of a book that I love. Uh, and he did great in it, even with terrible material in a terrible movie. Assassin's Creed, same thing. So to see him not do so great in this movie, because I agree, he really didn't do great in this movie. James McAvoy, same thing as well. I really think it comes down to the fact that they have a first-time director directing a big blockbuster movie that's like, you know, movie nine or ten in the series, fourth and direct series, that while he's been a part of the process and the creative process, maybe giving him this big movie for his first directorial debut, not the greatest of moves. Because a lot of time it felt like they were either trying to overact or it wasn't set up right, so it fell flat. And I don't know. I I blame Kinberg for a lot of this. Most of the issues with most of the actors. It felt like they were doing him a favor. Like, yeah, Yeah. we'll show up, okay? Because we like you. Um, What I was going to ask you, Seth, is Mm -hmm. you brought up a good point earlier about. um, Oh my god, it was like the first note you had. Would you say it was? Oh, the dialogue and. A lot of story mm-hmm. stuff that makes sense. I call it the Fox special where they 
they introduce an idea <laughs> and then the next movie they forget that idea existed and do it in a different way and like oh uh, okay um so they just like there's no there's no consistency between the movies do you think the the actors read the script and were just like well this sucks but it's our friend let's just do him a favor <laughs> and show up and help him out because we like him you know i feel like that's what happened well, they were I under think, contract, so regardless, they <laughs> had to be there. Oh, no, no, no. Jennifer Lawrence was not under contract. She signed on, and they did – the other two signed on as well. I think they were done after Apocalypse. Oh, they, really? They, they didn't have to sign on, but they chose to continue. The ones who were signed on were, like, the new X-Men, the uh, like Ty oh. Sheridan and stuff like that. Like, Because Jennifer Lawrence basically said – I am holding Char- uh, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender hostage, essentially. She didn't say those exact words. It was, we all talked, and if we're not all going to come back to do it, we're not going to come back and do it again unless we're all going to do it. And so, yeah, so she, this is why I refuse to go watch her movies anymore because I hate that move because she did all that and then was like, I don't even like this role. I don't even want to do this role. I don't even want to be here. I'm like, if you don't want to be here, just don't be here. Let other people who do be here and let them be in this movie. I mean, we, you're not even needed. After Apocalypse, you, the character should have died in Apocalypse. But to answer, Ray, your question, I do think, by the way, some of it was definitely like done as a favor. But there's also extensive reshoots on this movie. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if some of those reshoots is also part of the problem, is that they just really never had a good script. And the director was really bad at just putting it together. And so you ended up with these like haphazard melodramatic scenes that are just like you're just trying too hard. Also a studio issue too, because like Marvel in early Marvel, like the MCU, they had scripts that just weren't working, but because they had that a Kevin Feige and a studio and a group of guys who knew what how to tell a good story, they were able to like just makeshift the script and put it together in a way that was good. And I just don't think the support's there on the Fox side of things, you know, it's like, yeah, it's Kenberg, but also like he was, he may have been floating alone on an Island and not really had much support as well. Yorton, what didn't work for you, man? Uh, for me, I just feel like pacing and tone with it. I feel like really didn't have a fall. The movie basically didn't have an idea of what it wanted to be. And I've, I feel like it didn't want to be more like a, a drama or a big action movie, and I th- I think it would have been really interesting if it would have focused more on, a bit on the drama with this one rather than the action. I because that's why I'm like torn with this movie because it's like what it was sort of like we were talking about RoboCop three where there were some interesting concepts and I I like the aliens that they added in it and and the drama that she was facing with it. I, like I said, I might be the odd one out here. I actually like that, but I feel like if no, they had it, embraced it, it more, it didn't it work. It didn't work. It was so out of place. And like we even hinted at the Phoenix Force last time on yeah. how like it's super ambiguous and no one explains it right. We don't even know if the person who thought of it even knows what it really was or really is. Whatever. Phoenix Force ambiguous. So they took a new. Sorry, Seth. They took a new angle with it, and they still didn't explain it. They were just like, "Hey, I don't think 
Phoenix okay, Force so... really needs to be explained, though. I just think it just seems... It does, to be... oh, no, 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 it does because it's does the it? driving force behind the movie. Seth, sorry. Seth is... I, I, Seth is I, chiming in. <laughs> no, because I'm like, that's what's maybe just keep it a bit on the mysterious side, I would feel no, like. A bit no. mysterious, yes. Go ahead, Seth. <laughs> but no, again... No, I, Sorry, they were setting this movie up to start a brand new franchise. You cannot just be ambiguous with the Phoenix Force when you're trying to like set it up. You're doing nothing about it. You're just ex- that is losing like- his mind. I am going to be really angry at Jared because he's about to make me defend something about this movie. Uh, so I, Jared, I go back to this and I hate you because uh, you're making me defend Dark Phoenix, my least favorite movie of all time. Uh, I will actually defend and go with Jordan on this one in that you do not need to fully explain the Phoenix Force. However, I will also agree with Jared slightly here. You do need to explain some of the Phoenix Force. You may not need to explain exactly the origin of the Phoenix Force or go into like all the nitty-gritty details of the Emkron Crystal, the Shi'ar Empire, all that stuff. You don't need to necessarily do all that. But explaining it as a cosmic force that can, you know, start life, destroy life, and they kind of, kind of, sort of did that with Jessica Chastain, the Broccoli people. Uh, Broccoli? Well, no, okay, the Broccoli people is a reference to Chris Claremont because one of the reasons why Jean Grey had to die in the comics in a brief segue here is because the Phoenix Force destroyed a planet full of Broccoli people, which is like a billion people, and Jim mm-hmm. Shooter, the editor-in-chief at the time, said Jean Grey has to die. She has to suffer consequences for this because she's a hero, and she just killed billions of people, and, well, you did that, so now she something has to happen to her for this because unlike Star Wars, he understands that you can't kill millions of people and then just be like, oh, I'm good now. It's fine. Um, be redeemed. Yeah. Well, keep in trip. mind, Darth Vader isn't the one that killed them. Sorry, my bad. My bad, my bad, my bad. I will, hold on. To finish the Phoenix thing, Yeah. I think a little bit of mystery is fine. My biggest problem with the Phoenix Force in this one is that Jean Grey already freaking had it. Yeah. We established yes, that the last movie. It was already in her, so it wasn't from the plasma hitting her. Yes, and so, like, the fact that that nebula force energy thing was hitting her... I can argue that, okay, it sparked the Phoenix inner, but why were Broccoli people following it? See, and I was actually seeing that as two problem. different things. I, I guess I saw the movie a little bit different. I saw that plasma energy force attracted to the Phoenix force. I didn't see that as the Phoenix force itself. But see, and I saw it a different that's way. The way this, that's the way that the movie portrayed it, though, that that was the Phoenix Force. That's okay. how I'm saying. That's how, it was that's, in the that's movie. how I took the movie when I saw the whole thing. Is it, it was attracted to her huge amount of energy, which, the, uh, which was well, uh, the Phoenix energy in, within her. Well, and this is how but, she got the Phoenix in her in the comics. So it was definitely yes. supposed to be the Phoenix Force because, you know, it was a. But plane does Fox ever follow the movie or the comics? But the point is, yeah. it never <laughs> really talked about essential like her power from within. It only said it was attracted to her, and so. But did it unlock something in her? No, because her powers in the movie were that cosmic energy. It wasn't the Phoenix Force at all. It was that cosmic. That's energy. a good chunk of the movie, though, is about unlocking her powers and her brain and but everything. Every time you saw her powers, you saw the cosmic energy. You never saw her true power. It was always like driven through the cosmic energy. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's too convoluted. They didn't do a good job of explaining it or what they were trying to go for. They were doing two different things. So you're right. Since we're coming from different routes and everything, they didn't explain it that well because I took a totally different 
response to this movie. And that was, that was my original point was they didn't do a good job of explaining it. And we have three different viewpoints and we all just watched the same movie in the last 24 hours. I will we say needed, I agree. We needed the rules. What were the rules of this Phoenix Force? Like, what does it allow Jean exactly. Grey to do? Like, Yorton said, okay, cool, leave it mysterious, but I need to know what it does to her. Because all I know is it cracks her skin and <laughs> makes her go crazy. Like, that's kind of all I her, know. Basically, she has uber-powered now. It just magnified her powers that she but had. Again, you, when it comes to, there's, like, again, as I always say, there's a fine line between... You know, exp- unnecessary yeah. and necessary exposition. And this actually did none of that. It didn't explain anything or didn't like, hey, I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm just going to present okay. this to you. So if you leave something too ambiguous, it's like now the, the, the person who's watching knows absolutely nothing. I wonder if my take of how I picked up is why I seem to like it a little bit more than you guys did. How I understood how. Well, I mean, I mean it sounds like you're playing like... You know, mental gymnastics over there. You're like the Simone. I don't think I am. This is how I saw it. Was thinking of like, <laughs> oh, this is how it makes sense to me. I, I could see that. I could see that read on there. I definitely didn't see it that way because, I mean, comics and X Men and everything else is my bag. But like, I, I love yeah. that stuff. But yeah, yeah. So I, but I could see how you could get that impression, which, like Jared said, is a problem though. Or and Ray mentioned that, so it's, it's a problem. One of the things we gotta we gotta get off this Phoenix Force because we could talk about it forever. Um, <laughs> yes. It is I sort mean, of a key part of the movie, though. <laughs> yeah, we can come back to it, but like, it, it it has so many questions that come with it. Um, one of the things that stood out to me was so there there definitely was a lack of communication with explaining exactly what the Phoenix Force is or what are the roles of it, what does it do. But one of the things that didn't work for me is this movie hinges on the emotional fallout of mystique's death right and as an audience member it fell so flat to me because i just didn't care i was like oh cool she's gone now finally right yet all these characters i'm supposed like the next 15 minutes of the movie are these characters feeling remorse and like being motivated to go turn evil or turn good based off this death and i'm like why? Who cares? You guys going to make me defend this movie much more than it needs to be. Because I'm going to feel like that's more your feelings about her rather than the character's feelings of her. What I was going to say is I don't think the audience cared about Mystique enough to make you choose her to be the one who dies and rallies the group. I I feel like they picked the wrong character. Keep in mind, though, because your whole annoyance with this whole uh, with her before the other movie series is the fact that she was taking more control of it. She was like one of the founding members of the X Men. She led the group in the movie before, and she was shown as the big hero that er- all the students were looking up to. Well, counterpoint else care- in this room. Did anyone else care that she died? Did it work? No, for I you? mean, counterpoint like. Fucking Magneto didn't even care in the movie when she died because when no 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 no, no. his performance hey, he went after her yeah that's what like, he went to go after no, no, and no, no. kill her so again his performance we saw him in the last movie have so much emotion when he lost his family yeah. you felt that in that moment but then when he found out that Raven has passed away he just gave a very stoic looking like a angry grin and just upset but he didn't like emote. he was emotionally he like, dead 
but it doesn't it still goes into performance and then that's why i say like if you don't care that she's dead i'm not gonna care okay so how do you make me care if your performance doesn't show me that you care that's a good point it it is it's a great point uh i will to go back to the idea of the wrong person dying i think the right person died in the wrong movie uh like i still think she should die in apocalypse the moment though yeah well in that moment yeah, yeah. You should have killed like a beast or somebody, you know. Yes, yes. I'm always down for that. But uh, like, why beast though? Because uh, everyone likes beast. I feel like audiences like him way more than Mystique as well. And I feel like okay, because been... I'm going more towards like the movie plot and the characters. No, no, no. I felt it. like it would like yeah, especially if I especially in this movie, if Beast would have died in this movie, because again, like I said, him and James McAvoy, the two reasons. The first two movies had like a lot of charm because it came from going back and forth between those two. And if he would have died in this movie, yeah, it would have hit. But again, it just comes down to the acting for me. Like, again, Michael Fassbender just did not like a mode like he normally does or like you didn't feel it. So why do I care? I also think that like if Beast had died... Mystique going to Magneto would have made a lot more sense and would have been a lot more full circle. And this is assuming that Jennifer Lawrence would have still wanted to be acting in the movie and stuff. But Beast would have been better. But she also stayed overstayed her welcome one movie too long, though. Like she shouldn't, (laughs) as far as like people care. And I'm not trying to even like dog on Jennifer Lawrence right now. I just mean from a character arc standpoint, that character shouldn't even been in the movie. Like she just overstayed her welcome. Like her role in death should have solidified the X-Men in the last movie, that was the time to kill the character, not this one. And instead, they waited too long to do it. Uh, but Beast definitely would have been the better choice, or Storm even would have been better. Uh, what? Well, what else didn't work for you? Oh, God. Uh, so the next thing for me that didn't work as far as this movie goes, we talked about the dialogue, we talked about some performances and stuff like that. Uh, it's also... I can appreciate... And I know I've said before that I don't mind a different version and takes on comics and things like that. But if you're going to do space and you're going to do aliens, yes. like, like, like do good ones. Like, just do it. Just, just don't even set the action on Earth. Just have them all go to space. Do X-Men. I think it's like 137, which is where like you had the trial of Jean Grey and stuff like that. Like, just do it. Go all out. Don't just do... The broccoli people. I mean, I don't. It was. We knew nothing about this alien race and why. What I. I mean, all we knew is they wanted the Phoenix Force. We didn't know why. We didn't know who they were. They were basically just nameless broccoli people, and probably the worst villain this franchise has had. I mean, because we don't know anything about them. Actually, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say I agree. That is Jessica Chastain is the worst villain in the x-men movies i'm not saying her i'm saying her people um, well, no, no, she's I, I the primary, <laughs> primary yeah, one she, she's the a great actress movie. i like jessica chastain i'm just saying like but her role character and everything like that she was easily the worst because she literally had she is basically a blank slate i mean i think yeah. her people have been eliminated so she was following that the that force through space and just I get it before it gets to Earth. I don't understand. You're just hanging right around the background. Jared, I'm I'm curious about your input because you, you kind of have different thoughts on the MCU than I do. Um, so I'm I'm curious about this. Do you feel like 
a lot these later X-Men movies have a problem of just these villains are just kind of thrown in here for a movie, but there's no real build up towards them, and so we don't really feel the weight of them. I don't know. I feel like you could have built up to some kind of alien race coming down, or at least build up towards the Phoenix, so not just hint at it every now and then. I don't know. There was no build up, and it's like, oh, now we're doing the Phoenix Force, which should well, be like this movie was scheduled to be trilogy. a part movie. Um, so as you talked about, like was the Days of Future really? Past, how you want it? Yeah. Um, this movie was originally slated to be a two-parter. Um, but then at the end, but obviously with the shit that Fox was going through with the cell and, um, everything. So you can really tell that you can Uh, really tell, uh, because what should have been flushed out was not, what should have been explained was not, what should have been like held back was not. Yeah. what should have been held back was the alien race. I don't think the Phoenix Force should have been held back, but the alien race definitely should have. I like that. I like the idea of it. I just didn't think they executed it well. That's what I was saying. I would have liked them if they went more in depth with it, rather than just be like, they're they're these shadowy yeah. aliens that just go around. So I, I'm gonna jump ahead just a second yeah. on a topic. Because and Ray, Seth yeah, is right. With all these X Men, okay. Oh, I was I was just gonna say that like no, go ahead. I know we I, talked. You're talking. We, we talked. Yeah, we talked about a lot of podcasts. I think so a little I bit. I can hear him just fine. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you are delayed, so I think you're done talking. Then I start talking over you. I don't mean to. Uh, but one of the things about it when you talk about like build up and stuff, and this is one of the reasons why I have a worry about MCU X Men. Is there's no real X Men character besides maybe Magneto that you can do in a one time movie, whereas every other character in X Men, because especially because if you look at the comic basis, Chris Claremont wrote for sixteen, seventeen years, and he would thread all these stories in like years in advance. So there's always this little small build up to everything. So X Men more so than most comic book big time properties have that problem of every character feels really huge. It needs to be built up and built in, but it's like, what do you do in the meantime for a movie that still has the action superhero extravaganza with all the other, you know, emotional moments you need to hit? So I feel like X Men also gets a little bit of shack in that. X Men should be a long form story, personally, than necessarily a movie because it does suffer in that category. Um, uh, Jordan, anything stand out for you that you want to talk about that didn't work for you? Uh, it's just mainly I, I felt like the movie did need to be flushed out. I know I've been defending it a bit, but I just feel like this movie was a rushed movie, which is ironic because this movie got delayed for so long. And I think you guys brought up the point about this was right at the tail end of Fox being sold. And so I think, you know, it's just a studio that didn't support this movie. And I feel like that's where a lot of the issues come from. I think we need to talk about something important here. Before I talk about my last bad note, I want Seth to go off on the uniform changes. Because they look like Star Trek to me. Oh my god, these uniforms! Look, Grant Morrison's run on New X-Men was a great run. And it and had the leather with the X and everything like that. And this is obviously an homage to that. And, you know, 
I don't really care if Grant Morrison's running as much as most people do. But why in the hell did we go back to these uniforms that were introduced in 2001 for a movie set in 1993 when you have the uniforms in Apocalypse? You have them right there. You put them on screen. We all saw them. We all saw it. And then you were like, hey, you know what? I know we're doing the 90s. This is everyone's favorite time period. We got the X-Men animated series from that time period, the iconic costumes and everything. But you know what? We're going to do some jumpsuits that kind of have a, like an X across like the pecs, not even the full chest or torso. And we're going to call it a day because whatever. And you know what? You're right, right? It really does look like Star Trek uniforms, a really bad, bad Star Trek uniform. As you were talking, I was thinking, like, what's cool about the X-Men outfits is there's so much personality to them. And when you make them all the same, it's okay to start off like that. But eventually, everyone grows into their own character and, and their own style, you know? And their outfits are so iconic. And to have them all look like it came from an assembly line is kind of kind of, kind of bad. Yorton, are you there with me? Yeah, because uh, I was going to add on just slightly... Because I feel like the X-Men uniforms should look like uniforms, but they should be set up where it helps each of the individual powers. And I, I don't get that feeling with this set of armor. It's like just close enough where like you're almost there, but then you fumble on the five-yard line or something. And you, you know, know what? what? Oh, sorry, they went into space. You, you know what? Sorry, sorry my bad. Uh, they went into space, so if they start off the movie that way, okay, cool, spacesuit, right? That's their space uniform. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But, but then afterwards, when they were on Earth and they came back to Earth, they had time to change. But what did they do? They went back to their space uniform. What happened <laughs> to the other uniforms? They were there. Sorry, I'm, no, you want to- I'm, I'm actually going to defend the uniforms because everything else about this movie sucked. And that's probably the one thing I didn't attribute an opinion to. So by <laughs> me being extremely apathetic to the uniforms, it's a win in my book. Because everything else, I feel a type of way about. <laughs> let's, uh, well, let's wrap up this negative discussion with Dreadlock, man. And, oh, uh, no. oh, no. <laughs> so for everybody. Fighting with this Dreadlocks. <laughs> so for everybody listening. Ray put in the group chat earlier today. We have to talk about one mutant in particular, and immediately responded. I responded with Dreadman, and then everybody was like, "Yep, that's the one. That's the guy." So we were all on the same page about how awful he was. Why is he there? He's literally you shave his head. He serves no purpose. <laughs> that happened. I don't understand. That happened in the Inhumans because they have a character whose hair manipulation is her biggest thing. And in the TV show on ABC, so? yeah, but they shaved her head in the first episode to save on the CGI budget for the TV show. You're absolutely right. It's literally Samson. You shave his head, the strength's gone. It's so lame. So, so freaking I, um, lame. I will bring up Mortal Kombat in this. So, uh, Sindel, Queen Sindel, Sindel the baby. undead queen of Dinia has hair manipulation as her power. But guess what? If her hair gets like tangled up, fucking Ed Boone, who makes video games for a living, hey, I'm gonna write in a secondary power. She can scream really loud. She has like a, sh- her voice is like shrieks and it can like crack glass and everything. It's like a giant sound wave. It was like, ah, you know, hair manipulation, it's cool and all, but 
you know, it's easily, you can easily defeat it. Let me add in something else. This guy feel like makes video games. And he even thought to give a hair manipulation character a second power. <laughs> At least, it, you know what's sad is this dude had more time than Bishop on screen. <laughs> Maybe I don't remember. Maybe I fell asleep on his part or something. Bishop I don't remember him he's whipping his head around. He's whipping his head around, smacking people in the face with his dreads. Like, how could you not see this man? <laughs> I saw him, but I don't remember that much of him. Right, come just... on, man. He had a lot of shine in that train scene. He got shown right. a lot in that final train battle. Yeah. All right. I feel like this movie did have some positive things about it. And I feel like it would be a sin to not talk about the things it did well. Because this movie is not well-reviewed. It's not well-liked. But it did do some things well. Um, Seth, what do you think it did well? All right, I'm just going <laughs> to list all two and one-thirds of the things that I have for it. The first thing I thought it did well is I thought it, it actually had decent action-looking action. The action didn't look super awful or anything like that. They had some creative use of the powers. Yeah, it had a lot of cool like shots yeah. I wanted to like take photos of. Yeah, it, it looked good. I mean, my problem with it is that since it lacked all the emotion of the movie, that the action felt like, well, literally just felt like a light show. But it was a cool-looking light show, so I'm going to give them the positive for that. The other positive I have is I did enjoy the final scene between Eric and Charles. Even if it lacked some of the emotion, I enjoyed it. The whole chess game, going back to it, I was like, okay, this feels a little comfortable, so I'm glad it at least ended on this note. Um, and then my third is that, and I'm only going to give them a third. You know, we sometimes talk about like how like RoboCop 3 had like a good set of bones or structure that they could have actually told a good story off of. This movie didn't have that exactly, but at least a third of that story that was in there was actually pretty good, and they probably could have made something out of it. So there's at least a third of the story that had potential at least and that is the only positives i have for this movie i can agree so, Jared. my um i agree with you seth third of the story um the part of the story but for me the part of the story was the magneto part the eric lyncher part and him you know opening up a refugee camp for wayward mutants who've been uh-huh. ostracized and looking to escape so sort of the Charles Xavier of adults in this point or that was Genosha. I'm still upset. I didn't even know that until after I watched this movie a second time. And that was supposed to be Genosha. Wait, what? Genosha. Genosha. Yeah. No, I I know, City but I was, by, oh by, I missed that. Yeah, oh I thought it was just a God. camp. But it was supposed yeah, to I thought be it was actually Genosha. I was yeah. like, that's that's Genosha. He's had ten years and that's all he's done is put some like Containers together. Maybe he started it last year. You don't know. It's, it, it could be like this a, It looked like a Last of Us refugee camp. It. <laughs> it really no. did look like a refugee camp. It, it looked like a Firefly's hideout for a from... man who can build a place with his powers. Like just combine all this. He rebuilt the mansion. That's like we want just, to do it. Yeah, just and, dude, build a paradise. Let's go. Yeah. But, see, but that's really... what I was sort of on the opposite side of that. There, that what it was like. Oh. You could have done this much better, I felt like. And worked yeah. on it a lot. In- honestly, the whole country! <laughs> honestly, if it was just like a refugee camp, I would have loved it. They could have played that up. I would have loved the backstory. That was actually a good part of it, because Magneto is just such a great character. 
And when Michael Fassbender actually like cares about something, he's a good actor, and this was a paycheck movie for him. But I did like that. I did like his story, and I, as much as I shit on the aliens, I like. I guess Jessica Chastain. Well, she is my celebrity crush. Yes, but she's a good actress. Well, yeah. why not just give? Sorry, it's going to be positive and negative, but just give her lines, give her actual like dialogue instead of like whispering. Guys, what do you do? Oh, you want to? power. Can you share? Like, that? What are we yeah. doing? And like, it's really I, cool. it's a waste like, of her talent. You, you, again, the casting, you have such a good actress. And then you did so the positive. I guess positive is casting. It's not sounding <laughs> positive. No, no, positives are casting. They cast every role oh, is okay. casted great, but they just didn't get. They nailed casting. No, no, no. So that's a that's why I say it's going to sound positive and negative. But like the casting was great. Like Jessica Chastain was great in that role, or she could have been great in that role if they would have gave her more to work with. Yeah, they didn't give their anything. Yeah. We if we joke about the characters like don't have anything. They didn't give her anything. So that's what I'm saying. Like, man, how do you like crush it with casting? Because you look down the casting for this film, look at everybody, and like every yeah. role is perfectly like put up. And it's like this has to be good, right? Oh, oh no. So no, kudos to the casting team. Straight up, like that's a we did our movie. part. Yeah, like casting team did their part. They're they're like, hey, this isn't on us. This train wreck is not on us. (laughs) Anything else positive you want to share, Jared? No, just Magneto's story and the casting team. Okay. Uh, Jordan, how about you, man? What did you like about this movie? Uh, They did get the show. I feel like they did a pretty good job on showing off their powers on some of the big fight scenes, like the train scene. Uh, especially uh, Nightcrawler. I felt like they did a great job on Nightcrawler. Favorite scene? Probably when he drops that woman right in front of the train. He's like, you son of a bitch, you killed that guy. It's just like, you could see how bad he was and pissed off at her. But, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Like, it kind of goes with what you said about the train and what Seth said. The action was pretty cool. I like the action in this movie. There just wasn't, I mean, I'm not a guy who's like, I need action all the time, but it's an yeah. X-Men movie. I need, I kind of need some action here. Um, the space scene I thought was pretty cool in the beginning. Um, Beast looked pretty good in this movie, actually. Like, he looked more beastly. I thought was, it was a good change. One thing that's always bugged me about every X-Men movie is Mystique. And she always... Take this movie away from it. This movie does not count. But all the other movies where Mystique's in it, she has this, like, plot. Lego red hair that goes on top of her head and mm-hmm. she has these weird scales on her but that's not really her look right she's usually just a blue woman with like red hair and that's normal and I was always weirded out like why they make her look so different this movie they gave her the scales but her hair was actually like you could brush it it wasn't plastic you know yeah. it was a step in the right direction I'll give him that um the store and she was in the blue a lot more in this movie, which yeah, I she was. Yeah, um, the actress who plays Storm is just straight fire. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> um, 
Um, and you know, it's really weird watching this so close to after I watched Multiverse of Madness because Wanda and Jean were very <laughs> in these movies. They're just unstoppable. And I really hope we see a Jean Wanda face off in the MCU one day because good lord, what do you do except just pray they don't destroy the planet? You know, redheaded women can go crazy in comics, it's true. Um, that's about all I, I got <laughs> here for good. Um, do y'all have any, any other notes before we go to the categories and knock these things out? I feel like we covered quite a bit of stuff. Okay, cool. All right. So let's go ahead. Who's the MVP of this movie? Anybody? The I abstain from voting. The, the casting, casting team. <laughs> straight up. Casting team. They did it. They, they're the MVPs to me. Okay. Um, I'm I'm trying to think. Like, I'll, I'll go with that. I'm just trying to think of something else. Like, what would be MVP of this movie? Oh man, Yorton, you got something? You got somebody? No, I I really I don't have MVP for anything because nothing stood out for me. I that I was like, oh wow, that should be of note. Really well, I the fear. Go ahead, Yorton. Sorry, I thought you were done. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm just I, gonna I, say I, really, that, I really like the way the Phoenix Force looked, like in like the bird form, mm, the flaming bird. But I don't okay, think okay, the flaming bird. I didn't because I didn't like the look on her when it was going like that orange, gooey energy yeah, coming. Yeah. I didn't like that. Anyways, I, what were you going to I didn't want to vote. The reason I'm abstaining from an MVP vote is because that implies that there is value in the movie, and I I don't think there is value in the movie. So I am abstaining from voting for this. Damn. This is this is his Jurassic World two for me. <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding. This is literally my least favorite movie of all time. I hate this movie more than I mean, you. Yeah, this Jurassic You've World two. That that most, uh, several times. Yeah, sorry. I've seen Jurassic World two. So because we don't, this is like. This is like the year Derrick Rose won the MVP, man. There was just no one else. Um, well, so was, no, LeBron should have won it that year. LeBron should have won it. It was voter fatigue that they gave it the Rose. That's kind of like, we, I mean, Fassbender probably deserves it. but Yeah, yeah. so like, you know, Fassbender probably deserves it, but voter fatigue, we're going in the casting team. He didn't do anything though that stood out to me, though. I, Still the so. best part of the movie. It just, it, that, I think that reflects on how bad the movie is. Yeah, because he even did his worst performance of the whole X Men. This was his easily his worst performance in all four movies. Yeah, because I don't know if they were trying to go with him just being emotionally dead, so that's why he wasn't emotional, or if they were, he just wasn't emoting much. It, to me, it, it's sort of like a hard call for me on that because I, so I, I sort of see, issue. especially when he first flew in, was like this dude is just dead inside. I don't know. I think that's gonna win. Yeah. Just because they cast well and then they he gave them all the toys and then they fucked the toys up. Yeah, I'm Um, fine with that. God, I mean six man, what are we doing here? Um if we can't find MVP, there's no six man. Yeah, I gotta go with Nightcrawler. No, I have a six man. The person who Nightcrawler be the MVP shorter at that point? No, go ahead. What's your six man? He wasn't in it enough. The the editor that made this movie shorter. Than the other movies. 
Okay, we're, going, we're going Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler for six minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going Nightcrawler. Because Nightcrawler. I, I enjoyed all the stuff. Like when he did the uh, rescuing the astronauts and everything. And then, like, he grabbed the helmet and then came back in and got duct taped and everything. Yeah, I enjoyed Nightcrawler in this. Um, Our next award, it's hard to do for this movie because there's so many elements we'd want to take out. It's a Russell Westbrook, you know, if you took this element out. It would make the best movie. It would make the movie better. I, I think Seth has the answer, and it's it's the writer director, Simon Kinberg. Kinsberg is that his name? So Kinberg, take him yeah. out and just have no director and writer, and just let the everyone. No director. Just, that, that, that <laughs> just, let, just let him add. Yes, I agree. That's the 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 Go with where you want to take it. <laughs> X Men: Dark Phoenix, the Improv. I like it it. would have been better. Let's not even. Yeah. Oh, no. like it, it would have been better. What if they just read the Dark Phoenix comic and they read the roles to it? Like they read the lines from the <laughs> like comic. Like a table reading? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been better. I agree. Except I, agree. For, yes, I don't All really, of these are great ideas. Except for oh. every time I think about table reading, I just think about Kit Harrington crying reading the um, season eight script of uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Was it Space like, Ghost Coast to Coast that had a whole table read once? Oh yeah, I fucking God, I love Space Ghost. What a reference! I had every episode. Yeah, what a reference! That's such <laughs> a great show. Which um, I crack up and I'm like li- re- listening to their table reads because it's so much fun seeing their expressions with that. All right, yeah. hey y'all, y'all don't know this, but we're going on a road trip. Who would you want to bring with you the most on the on, on this whole movie? Nightcrawler again. <laughs> yeah. Jean oh, Grey, so she could... No, no. Jean Grey, so she could kill me. So we could end it. We could just end this trip. We could end this <laughs> you know, like, I'm in this hey. world. I want to be out this of this is, world. This is the one time where I'm like, you know, Magneto is always my choice not to go because he might go crazy. I want the person who's going to go crazy and end this trip as soon as possible. That's who I want. <laughs> I'm... Okay, I think, hold up. Everybody I think pause. she's our worst pick. Everybody pause, because I'm about to pull a race wet. Uh, Jessica Chastain is going with me. And Finally. Respectfully. Else respectfully. <laughs> Jessica Chastain can kill me. If you know I, what I, I mean. just see her just mostly going to be confused and stuff about it, because she barely, seemed to barely understand humans most of the time in this I, movie. So she's, hey. just, she's going to be riding along just looking around like, what is this? What is that? She can pull out the alien buzzy. <laughs> And I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm gonna bring. Can Gene please come and end this? End this now. <laughs> Hold on one second. I need to make sure I get this name right. I'm bringing Alexandra Ship, who plays Storm. Uh, um, you know, I'm just gonna sh- shut the whole room. And if I am picking the worst person to go it's gonna be Jean. like she's a beautiful woman but i just can't handle that woman she is gonna <laughs> set the car on fire which is full of gasoline it's just not great you gotta make sure she's hungry or she's fed all the time you don't know what she's gonna be like when she's hungry she, you don't and want it didn't end up too birds. well for parents when they went on a road trip <laughs> Again, you are making, <laughs> you're making my point for me that's why i want this road to end i am done She's one for one at murdering people on road trips right now. Her batting average is a thousand, so we're not taking her. Um, okay. Um, God, there's so much to fix. I mean, just don't make the movie and let 
the MCU takeover. I mean, that's what I would do if, for, for let's fix the movie. Um, are y'all ready for the Rotten Tomatoes? No, if I want oh, MCU ahead, to take over right now. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm like, I think the I I'm always hesitant with the X Men joining the MCU because I just feel like that's just going to be way too much. And I, oh, no. I'm sort of more nervous want to stay away than want to be part of it. It sounds cool in theory, but I am deeply worried about it. I will say that I am very cautious about the MCU mutants. I don't think it'll be too much because if the MCU can make a talking raccoon work in a tree that only says three words work, I think that you know it won't be too much. But other than James Gunn and the two Russo Brother Avengers movies, the movies I tend to like the least in the MCU are the team-up movies or the big team movies because they don't seem to do a very good job of telling a team story. My least favorite MCU movie is Eternals. My next, or my least favorite Captain America movie is Civil War. And as much as I like Joss Whedon's writing and work, despite what he is as a person outside of this, his two Avengers movies are my least favorite Avenger movies. Did you say least least favorite is Civil War? Captain America. My least favorite Captain America movie. Is Civil War. Yeah, I thought Civil War. Civil War is overrated. Civil War, okay. Never mind. My brain. Okay, out of the three Captain America I movies. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're ready to get the first Avenger in Winter Soldier. So Winter Soldier to me is the best MCU. Anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm like... But Civil War is like a bottom 15 movie in the MCU than a top 15 You are movie. on drugs. We're not going to nope. do this conversation. We're not doing this. Wait. I'm not going to let you slander... Civil War. Okay. Um, I mean, it's the, 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 the movie, MCU movie, movie okay. at 15. That's literally average MCU movie. I, that's not slander. That's it's not better. Yeah. Ant-Man is an average right. MCU movie. Average movie. No, it's not. It's not. Well, it's Ant-Man's such a different type of MCU movie that I feel like you could be on any spectrum with that one just because Ant-Man's so different than the rest of the MCU. Okay. This is a whole hey. this is a whole bonus podcast. Let's just pause. Okay, we're going <laughs> to this question. We should do we should we should each have a tier list ready and we'll just go over our tier list for MCU movies. That'd be fun. Um, oh, no, I mean that's fun. We can make a tier we'll list and just right now. Um did we do that? What I was I gonna felt... say is, um, with the X Men, the only thing that concerns me is a lot of the things that these Fox movies did right. The MCU is going to want to avoid in order to separate itself, and that sucks because they don't want. It sucks because a lot of things the movies did right are good, but they did so much bad that. I'm excited for them to join the MCU, but it's like just take the good stuff and fix. But you got to be different, you know. Like they're gonna, they're gonna change things up, and it's cool just to get them in the MCU. But it it is what it is. I'm just excited for them to be in steady hands, I guess. Um, okay, y'all ready for Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Here we go. Uh, hopefully, you hear the music. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, it's the Rotten Tomatoes game. All right, so the Rotten Tomatoes game has started, y'all. Um, Yorton keeps winning. 
Seth, you keep losing. Jared, <laughs> you're going to go first because you haven't played in a while. Let me pull up the score. First of all, I'll, so I'll ask you, what do you think this movie got in Rotten Tomatoes and why do you think that? And as you go over your answer, I'm going to pull up the score. Jared. Uh, I'm going to say this movie was critically panned, so I'm going to go with like 38. I just don't think anybody like really reviewed this movie, especially because sometimes when critics hear about like a lot of cancellations and a lot of, you know, just like delays and then the, what was going on with selling. So like even some of the critics, that's why I attributed to like John Carter. Some of the critics were down on John Carter, but it was a good movie. So like same, I think everybody was just down on this movie, rightfully so, but I just think more people were down on it than not. In what score did you give it? 38. 38, okay. Yorton? You're going last, uh, I lied. Seth, hold on. You're going okay. last, Jordan. Seth. All right, I'm going to lose because I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm going to lose because there's no way that in good conscience I can give this higher than a 30. Uh, I Look, I'm going to be honest with you. This is, you are going to tell me the score, and I'm going to lose all faith in humanity because it's going to be higher than – it's going to be in double digits, and that's a problem. But uh, I'm going to say, I'll just, I'm going to say Marshall Falkett and 28%. Wow. That's still too high for the record. Okay, Yorton. I don't know if you guys can hear, but it is thundering and lightning here. How long has it been since we had Thunderstorm? Anyways, I am going to go with 15. I have no idea where to rank this. And I feel like no one's really going to be like, yes, positive, good movie. Even though, I've been, even though I've been relatively positive, I I, I just feel like, yeah, no. In, in the grand scheme of things, is this a good movie? No. So, Jared, you're out. You're not going to win this one. It's all right. However, the, uh, there's a one-point difference between Yorton and Seth for this, for this win. And this movie received a 22 on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Seth, you are six points away. Yorton is seven. You get the win. Congratulations. (laughs) I actually hate that I won because this movie doesn't deserve double digits. It should be a 5% at best. No. 22 is Why did you go even lower? You should have been in the teens, man. I was trying to win. You should have trusted your gut. Um, this movie had a budget of $178 million. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. that's the wrong movie. It had a budget of $200 million, and it made 252 But if you count all the marketing and stuff, it, it, it didn't make its money. Let's just be real. It did, um, no, it did not. At all. No, it did not. Um, and that was it. I'm actually surprised it made 252 I'll be honest. Did you see? Oh, you, I don't have my camera on. Lights is flashed. No. Well, let's let's wrap this up. How would you, uh, Seth? How would you rank these movies in order? In order, Days of Future Past, First Class, Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix. Although, time okay. 50, 50 feet of shit, and then Dark Phoenix. Okay, so okay, there's okay, a big gap between three and four. Just scared. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Days of Future Past, First Class, Apocalypse, then this. Jordan, I think you and me are going to be the dissenters here. I think we're going first class first, huh? Yep. I'm pretty much going to go in release order. I am too. I'm going in release order. Yeah. 
I'm second guessing this podcast now. No, I, I, I just Days of Future Past. I love it, but it rubbed me the wrong way a couple of times. Um, it, it was like we, the magic was a bit gone on that one. That I just felt like, I don't know. I just still like Days of Future Past. And the storyline behind it and the characters just enjoying being in the movie. He meant first class, not Days of Future Past. Um, yeah, sorry. First class. Next yeah. week, we're going to be talking about Jurassic Park. On, on time, too, because the movie, the newest movie just came out. Hopefully the last movie. Um, so get ready to watch Jurassic Park, the movie that pretty much invented summer blockbusters. I guess he, Jaws did, but Jurassic Park created the modern blockbuster i don't know um any last words i've never heard of it i don't know this movie does not make the hall of fame and do not watch it oh yeah we didn't do that i thought that was self-explanatory i'm sorry yeah this movie is is. not in the hall of fame unless jared was then then we recommend it oh fuck no (laughs) okay so jared strongly (laughs) says no um do y'all recommend it no 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 no, not even as a completionist. Just pretend it never happened. The movie Apocalypse ended. There you go. You have a happy ending. Just live with that. This movie never happened. Yeah, there's not really any reason to watch this movie in particular, going into the storyline. No. You get nothing out of it. As an X-Men fan, as an X-Men, Fox X-Men fan, there's nothing to get out of this movie. Yeah, there's not even a good Magneto scene. Like Usually, that'll save the day, but there's nothing here. All right, any, th- any last words? Quiet. It's all quiet. I was working on my Marvel tier. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. Okay. We'll do that soon. We'll get up here and we'll we'll do it later in the week. We'll make our Marvel tier. We'll do it. Aim for Wednesday. I uh, just anything outside of talking about this shit film. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. So next week we're gonna be recording uh Dress Park. See y'all later.